0: It's good what you guys are doing, actually. I've enjoyed listening to all your podcasts. So well done to you guys as well for uh, uh, starting it, to be honest. and I think you've had some good guests. It's been quite nice.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we we sort of started it kind of reluctantly at first. We were kind of just given this project to do by um, uh, Sadie Quadra. She's, I think she's at MRI. Um, and it was kind of, we were just told, do a podcast on something. And then we ended up sort of going off and coming up with this idea.
2: You, oh, said, yeah, go sorry. I was gonna say, uh Mabin knows Nadim Oh do you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, even yeah. realise they were actually married. it taken me until like last month to figure out they were actually married. Not me and Nadim. <laughs> Pardon?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <you>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, not you two, but like them two. I didn't even realize <laughs> but um but yeah, I think she said do this podcast, and we were like, Oh my god, I like I don't listen to podcasts, man. I was like, what? I've listened to like one episode of one and then I thought, oh, it's all right, but I don't really get it. And then she just kept asking us to do it. And then I think because she's busy doing literally everything else, that she kind of took her eyes off the radar. We we just decided we'll go down this road because there's a real paucity of stuff like this. You know, the Royal College and Edinburgh, they all get these like big name people on. And they're all like, when I was an SHO, I learned how to open chests. Da, 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 da. And I did my fellowship at the Mayo Clinic. And I redesigned Like, And you're like, I li- we're out here trying to survive, man. Like, you know, <laughs> We're literally living from one ARCP to the next. And these guys are like, I'm not going to be a prof. You know what I mean? If I, yeah. if I get to be a prof, I've worked too hard. That's that's the way I see it.
0: I think you guys have hit on something amazing because, number one, it's trainee-led. Um, and the fact that you guys are oh I know Jamie's moved um to another area, but I've always thought the Northwest has got like hidden gems in terms of people. Yeah. Um yeah, I know I think you guys uh, like I said, just do the top job.
2: Oh, hi. That's
0: very good. Yeah. How are you guys anyway? What's been going on? What have you been up to?
1: Us? Oh, oh, I'm actually Jamie, you should answer. You've had quite a lot. Yeah, I've been I've been had a bit of time off because I'm in between now, I've just finished my core training. I don't yep. start my um, registrar until uh, October. Oh, man. Um, I did a bit of locums at the beginning of the month, and I've just yeah, had a bit of time off you, for the time you looking ever. forward to
0: that? Uh, it's not step up, but <laughs> that transition.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um a bit nervous, but should yeah. be all right, hopefully. I'm, I'm starting. I'm, I'm down in seven now. So, um, What kind of advice have people given you? Um... Lots of it seems to be about on calls and calling when to call people, and they're just basically saying, you know, don't be nervous, call your senior whenever yeah, you yeah. which sounds like sensible advice. Sounds like, um,
0: for me, if if I can give you, if you don't mind me saying, like, I, I think the the thing I felt when I transitioned was you go from being this top notch, the, the relied, uh, the guy that everyone relies on as the best SHO in the department, oh, you're a one off, you know, you, you basically know how to do the on call of your specialty, and oh. you become an ST3, and then suddenly. No one expects you to know anything. They think you're rubbish when you're probably not. It's just that you're the most junior reg all of a sudden, and then everyone's just like, and you, you're like, and then you also feel it as well. You're like, I'm the most junior reg here. Like, you get this kind of uh, well, I did anyway. I got this. Uh, uh, what's the word? You know, they talk about imposter syndrome massively, but I think that goes quite quickly. Well, within six months, I think once you get up to grips with the uh, with the uh calls as a reg, because it suddenly becomes shit, when do I call the consultant or shall I call him? Whereas before it was, I'll just call
1: the reg because he's my mate and it's all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't mind waking them up so much. because Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Sometimes like, I'm just going to call him because I can,
2: you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, the thing I think is also quite daunting, and you've got to be really careful about this. Maybe you guys have seen this. You probably have, actually, that when you attend other specialties or like A&E or you go to a medical ward or whatever, and you are the reg yeah. And go, what should we do? And you could turn around to them and go, uh, shit in a hat and put it on your head. Other specialties <laughs> will do it. You they literally you could tell them the most bizarre stuff and they will do it because you're that reg. Yeah. And it's a really, really powerful thing that you have on your shoulders. And it's like, yeah. this is quite I, I feel like I'm wielding some sort of like Thanos glove that I could just, I'll tell you to do it and you'll do it. Yeah. and. It, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable with how almost how willingly you're trusting me here.
0: Yeah. I I, I got a bit uncomfortable with that very quickly. So I've, I think I've almost just, just become very passive. But like, yeah. I can't be asked with the stress of making awkward decisions or going in and have arguments with other specialties. So if I feel I can just sort it out, um, I'll just go do it. Do you know what I mean? If someone asks me to go see someone, even if I know it's ridiculous... I just can't be bothered with the hustle of trying to argue with someone for 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah,
2: time, yeah. just sort of shit out, so... You're right. But you know, like, you know when you're in an SHO and you, you'd ask someone for uh, some sort of views or yeah. uh, you, think you want, like, a CT, a non-con CT because there's community fracture or whatever, and people look at you like you're absolutely chatting shit and you're like, we're not... <laughs> you. And the second you s- it says ST3 next to it, or you're the wedge, and you go, yeah, I want this, 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 because it helps us plan surgery, right? and then they're like oh yeah cool yeah we'll do it in four seconds and like, that was yeah I no. okay
1: that was easy but the
2: yeah. harder oh
0: fun you'll, you'll, be, you'll enjoy it eventually what specialty are you doing James?
1: Uh, general surgery
0: oh nice yeah.
1: yeah I start on upper GI so it should be good
0: yeah. oh nice that's a good one isn't it that's, I always said that's a, a nice subspecialty in gen surge
1: to be doing yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Nice work. Anything <laughs> from the poo surely <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> How's MRI been? You yeah, enjoying it? Pretty standard. Pretty standard MRI. Do you feel like, do you feel like you're at an MTC? Uh, more so now. So when I was there as a CT2, which was, yes. what, four years ago, because yeah. there was no pelvic service on site. There was uh, no plastic yeah, surgery yeah. on site. It was just like being at a standard hospital that would get yeah, a few yeah, more yeah. stabbings. But yeah. now, trauma lists are full of massive pelvic cases that take yeah. all day, massive orthoplastic cases and stuff. So it feels more yeah. like a major trauma centre. I think it's, it's improved somewhat with the major trauma service, the major trauma ward yeah. and stuff.
0: Is it still non-resident on call as a at night? So
3: I've done two so far. The first one I did, so I got home at eight-ish and I was really, really on edge because it's major trauma, so you never know what's going to come through. So I'm yeah. waiting for any phone calls. And then switchboard phone with a major trauma call at 10. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll speak to the SHO. They go down and stuff and say, okay, case it out, let me know what's going on. I don't hear back from them for another hour and a half. So that whole, yeah. ha- that whole hour and a half, I can't go to sleep. I can't nap. Yeah. I'm just waiting. All right, what's going on? What's going on? He finally phones me back and he runs through a few things. And he's like, oh, and this other thing, there's this young lad with a posterior hip dislocation. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like half 11, 12-ish. I was like, oh, get me some views, get me a CT scan and stuff. And then he sent that through and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to call the boss and talk about taking this guy to theatre, see if I can get it reduced and stuff, see what the boss wants. So I did. And, he, and the consultant said, yeah, no, we should really try and get it back into joint. Are you happy to do it? So, yeah, no problem, no problem. So I went back into, into hospital, got him sorted with theatres. They were happy to have a theatre open for him. Eventually got him up to theatre at 4, 4 a.m., got him out of theatre at 6, finished paperwork by half 6, and then trauma meeting starts at half 7. Yeah. So that's like a full 24 hours of wait going all the way through. So that was me thinking, oh, my God, if every encore night it's going to be like this, I'm just going to yeah. die. But then the last one I did, not a peep, not a all <laughs> yeah. <one> night long. <laughs> I
2: think, you know what though? That's the problem of like trauma centers, like theaters just supposed to be a trauma center. And it's like, this is a C pod category, like one. And then four hours later, you're like, where, where are
3: they? Oh, they're just in the anesthetic room. You're like,
2: but we're supposed to be on table in one hour. I, I literally, bad, no
3: and yeah, DGH is five cases in oh. normal stage just go and go and go.
2: Yeah. yeah. 'Cause you tell them, you're like, well, I got a like, right, well, we want to be asleep by twelve, so we're gonna send right now, right now, right now. And you're like, Oh, sweet, okay, yeah, fine, yeah. And then I, I think the the best thing about MRI is just the proximity to other stuff. So the dominoes they deliver to the hospital and it's open till five. So if you're ever at a loose end, you just get the dominoes and there's this Gemini kebab shop that everyone goes to, whatever. There's a few <laughs> things that make a non resident on call slightly more pleasant. Also, if you know someone who's been in the hospital for a while, you've got there's there's this really lush doctor's mess that's in St Mary's. It's on like the seventh floor, and for the life of me, I can't remember how you get there. It's just you have got to go to seventh floor somewhere, and it's really good. You've got like chairs that go flat, so you can basically have a snooze. There's a ping pong table. There's like all the computers. There's a toast. It's all all the stuff that you want if you're like I can't really leave. Um, yeah. So that's that's about it, really. That's that's the only thing I've got for you. If you ever suck for food,
0: Tom, uh, Mister Challen recommended me, and I went for it. Florida's chicken burger across the road. Florida's
2: <laughs> chicken burger. Florida. every like. I've got these friends that that went to school in mushroom and they're all they're nice people. but They're all like um, they're like what you what you imagine uh, people who went to school. In the, like, yeah, you're basically. Like, oh yeah, you know what? I'll tell you, bro. Yeah. Florida fried chicken is sick, yo. The queues were right out the door. They are really nice. <laughs> They're not lying. There's always a queue at Florida, like all the time. And, and now there's one in Cheap Hill. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah, I've not been, actually. I've not
2: been, but it, it's supposed to be the same. So yeah. everyone reads about Florida, but it kills you yeah. inside. <laughs> Maybe you guys are the new trend, but I just don't think that many people know that they can do that.
0: What well, I found interesting, just listening to Tom, for example, I've known Tom now for a good few years, like just through work, like, and we haven't ever worked together, but you know, at teaching and stuff. So, but actually, I think we both said quite similar things. Like, I was shaking my head, going, Is "That's how I feel." Like, so it's interesting, actually, listening like to each other,
3: and and uh, you know. A lot of it probably still is, like like we were just saying, like both maybe and I have thought, oh, no one's going to go for this. We're not going to get any approval and stuff. Yeah. But actually, maybe that's just something that we have created based on, like definitely I think that was the case previously. But maybe yeah. that stereotype's being held when actually it maybe doesn't exist as much now.
1: You gave the answers that I was hoping you'd give, because I was worried when I asked you, like, you know, did you get any backlash or did it negatively affect your training? You say, yeah, yeah. Awful. <laughs> no, no, no. it was really good that you, you both had positive experiences and it, and then we like would you still
2: do that yeah i know if you gave me money i would jack this in in a heartbeat i
3: was like ah oh, i hate every day of work i can't stand to be where i am please rescue
1: me <laughs> <laughs> listen to this mike there might be like a wave of tv show applications from surgical yeah, <laughs> just possible
3: open the floodgates wait
2: wait <laughs> Did You actually got onto like being a TV doctor, Tom.
3: Yeah, so I was on. I was on this morning, really, twice, and then I was on. There was a BBC one called Beer, BBC Morning Live, so I've been on that twice now as well.
2: That's like people's aspiration, their entire goal oh, in life a, is to try and get crime, to be a TV man. doctor. It's, is it? It's,
3: oh. So so I got on initially because ITV, The Dancing on Ice, and then This Morning is an ITV show. So they linked in really closely. It's like, oh, it's really good to tie the two in together. It's like a crossover. It's amazing. So that was the first time I went on. And they went on the second time, and that was more like standing in my own right. Like It was after the show had sort of been done, talking about stuff. And then you write, like, pitches for the show as to what you would, like, want to speak about. And it's a little bit limited for orthopedics because there's not that much public health stuff about orthopedics other than... Yeah, yeah. Lose some weight, keep moving. I don't know. Have some vitamin D. And then, so you had right pictures of like stuff. And then you basically, the producers would get in touch and be like, we'd like you to come on and speak about back pain and talk about like back pain. I'd be like, oh, yeah, fine, whatever. Or the last time I went on, and so the time I went on, yeah, randomly, I was on BBC Morning Live when Mabeen was on promoting their show. Yeah, and we didn't know either one of us was going to be on like at the same time amazing. until the day of on like the call sheet. Yeah, so we were chatting to each other in the green room before like being on. And that time, I was asked to go. You like walk in not knowing you were going to be there? No. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was like on the, like the call sheet on like the this notice, and the guy came in to speak to me, and I was like, "Oh, what else is on the show today?" And he's like, "Oh, we've got another guy. We've got another couple on that are on um, race race across the world." And I was like, "Hang on, what? <laughs> Which one?" Because <laughs> by that point, I knew Mabine was on that show. But I didn't know who it was. So he was like, oh, yeah, no, I think um, the guy's called Mabin and he's with his wife. I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> so we didn't know either one was going to be there. But on that show, I had to go on. They asked me to go on and talk about text neck, which is something that the press had kind of made up as like, when you're on your phone, you're going to pull your neck. You're going to cause damage. <laughs> and when they were mess, when they were like emailing me, the production team before that about talking points and stuff. And I was, like, emailing them back saying, I can go on and talk about this just to let you know it's not really a real thing, but there's some stuff we can talk about, about and that kind of stuff. And they would write back and say, are you sure that it doesn't cause permanent damage? And are you sure it doesn't do this and that? So, like, the medical features on these shows, it's all kind of, like, clickbait stuff that, you know, you you go on and you're told to say what the producers say. And, you know, I'd, I'd never... As a career, I think it's much more suited to like GP specialty and that kind of stuff. It's it's quite sort of like public health vague kind of things, but I don't know. It's like, fun to do. It's like an extra thing, but it's a bit cringe at the same time.
2: <laughs> you know, it's so jokes like you're like buff, you're like handsome, you're like an athlete, you're, like, oh, you're so noble. Like, you're literally staring a cash cow in the face of, like, you could just say, yeah, yeah, it's really bad, and just go along with whatever, and get free money, like a printer machine just making money, (laughs) going on to do, like, five-minute segments about text neck and back pain and hip joints, and Sandra going, I've been on a waiting list for 12 months, and oh, me back, oh, and you have to go, yeah, Sandra, and, like, you're choosing... To give that all up for like twenty quid an hour. Like <laughs> yeah. you're the kind of you're the kind of people we don't deserve. The, the nation is lucky to have you. <laughs> Both of you, you know what I mean? Like you've probably got like a good prospect of doing other stuff. And um, you know, maybe you know, you maybe you should chirp people at the NTAs, you know, who knows what opportunities might land in your lap. Oh, you never know, man. But I don't know,
0: to- I think Tom's touched on it and I've experienced it as well tv looks obviously very polished it's it's a it's a mad world to be involved in but it is very manufactured but there are negatives in everything and and i think that's where you come to appreciate your job actually there's no world that's perfect there's no profession or line of work like you said it's amazing it looks amazing to be a tv doctor and i actually thought the same and then you know you see Tom talking about texting. neck, like, <laughs> can not give one <laughs>
2: <laughs> And you're like, I am a, I'm a literal surgeon now. I can take out bits and pieces of people. Yeah. Want me to talk about a fictional thing that some Daily Mail writer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not even I mean, a real thing. There's
0: also a positive to it, right? I remember Tom getting introduced. What was it like um something? Well, what was it? They it's really. So, yeah. It picked you up really nicely.
3: It was so when when I was like initially doing this stuff, I actually got in touch with uh, like NPS and said, "Am I covered for like any liability stuff if people want to like sue me for the advice I give?" And they like flat out went, "No, like this is way outside your job role, nothing to do with us. You're on your own." And <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, fantastic!" So then from then on, I was like, whenever I say anything, I'm like having to make sure it's literally just me regurgitating nice guidelines <laughs> at the this website. But then they introduced me. On the episode, it's like leading spinal surgeon. It was Like, amazing. I haven't even done, like spine subspecialty <laughs> training. Like I've not done it any spines amazing. at all. <laughs> and you have to like tell him, like I've cross covered
2: spines at DGH, like for two weeks or whatever. You're just, <laughs> like, I babysit and request an
3: MRI. That's my job. Yeah, learning, exactly. You do feel you're on like tricky territory in terms of like, what actually are they saying that I am? <laughs> like, is that really <laughs> my scope of practice? Are the GMC going to come knocking on my door because of texting you can watch that episode of Us 2 on it, by
0: the way, if you want. It's somewhere on BBC... It's on iPlayer. It's actually quite cringe because we end up dancing at the end of it. Quite <laughs> like idiots. Yeah.
3: it oh, <laughs> now. The full experience.
2: Well, um, uh, what was it on? Morning Live? Morning I,
3: Live, yeah, yeah.
2: I find, I, I find the
0: date it was on, it's actually it's quite what, cringe. Were you just promoting the show, maybe? Were you just talking Yeah, about we it? were invited just to talk about... Um, Why are you guys just... Or was it because it it's Manchester? No, it was just before the first episode. Right. And we and the studios in Manchester. So, yeah. and um, it was with Gethin Jones and Helen Skelton. So we literally went and sat on the sofa, and yeah. it was quite cool. And then Tom was on.
3: And then the uh, the Northwest Orthopedic Train's WhatsApp group was on fire because they yeah. watched it in one of the trauma meetings or something. <laughs> That's really jokes.
2: Just, just watching you dance like that sounds so much fun. But you're right, man. Like it looks gilded when you're on the other side of it, and actually, it, maybe it's a bit of a poison chalice. I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's hard one. Like I wouldn't say it was a good. It's a good experience. Like I think overall, it's just a different experience. Yeah. Um, it's not all amazing. Is probably the thing. It's yeah. good. It's nice. It's an experience. But
2: good story to tell people, isn't it? But then, yeah. yeah.
0: And it, and that, I think that's what I think me and Tom probably feel or, or get the appreciation of what we're already doing. So actually, that's cool. But I'm doing something cooler. <laughs>